Hey y'all, how you doing? This is um uh, our first bonus episode. A little thing we thought we would put together. Uh just some uh our rambling thoughts here and there. Just for our Patreon supporters. Just for our very special friends on Patreon. Exclusive to those who have taken the time to throw us a few bucks, which helps out of course with things like hosting our podcast, our website, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not like yes. we're making a lot of money off of this. No, we, we and, do it for fun. Yeah, we do and um it also is uh, to give a little something extra to you guys who took um, and gals who took a moment out of your life to throw a couple of bucks our way. Yeah. And show us uh, that you actually uh, enjoy what we do. So we listen to a lot of podcasts. True crime is mainly the focus of what we listen to. I mean, we're we're kind of obsessed. Yes, a little bit. Before we did this, long before. And what's so crazy, well, I mean, I think it's probably kind of crazy is you'll be like, oh, you'll start telling me about something and i'll be like oh yeah that's this case or that case and you're like oh yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. i have like a pretty extensive knowledge of crime and serial killers and yeah it's kind of scary <laughs> at times <laughs> a little bit yeah i'm pretty sure you can get rid of my body efficiently i make a great trivia buddy though right yes if the category is rape murder and mayhem yeah yeah or burlesque or burlesque <laughs> or country music Oh, classic country. Classic country music. No, which is kind of funny, but I do love some good honky-tonk music. No, but we both are, uh, it's actually one of the first things I think we both noticed about each other, if you will. I is, think we um, had a really romantic conversation about cannibalism one night. Yes. And that's kind of what sealed the deal. Yeah, and me. we were both uh, like, you, you get me, you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, I think I might have told you about this cannibal fork that I saw at a museum, and I don't know, it just kind of went from there. <laughs> yeah and um <laughs> but yeah um we're into the macabre and uh I, we're not sure why i mean because uh i don't listen to these things and um i'm not affected you know oh right sometimes i am uh i wonder why i continue and, and why every there's such a big you know want out there for people to uh true crime which has always been so capote brought it to the nation famously there at first but uh you know i don't know i think um it's just people are can't believe that humans do this to other humans well yeah because if you think about it, I mean, the real monsters are human beings oh very i mean we are capable so. of some atrocious behaviors yes um it's, it's almost like it's mimicked a little bit in uh the primates but it's like we're the only cre- creatures on earth that do this to each other I know it's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I think my interest in true crime comes from a couple of places. I mean, one, I think it's like the psychology behind it is right. fascinating to me. I want to know what motivates people to do these things. Yes. Like, just how can you be so depraved? Exactly. Um, I think the other part of it is having worked for so many years as a journalist. Um, and part of that is being a storyteller. And so I'm fascinated by hearing these people tell their stories often in their own words. Um, as to why they commit these horrible crimes. Yes, that's the most chilling thing when you hear them talking in their own words. Yeah, it definitely is. Yes, because when you hear the cold, dead, and some of these. Yeah, um, one of our favorite podcasts that we listen to quite a bit together is Sword and Scale. Oh, Sword and Scale is like that. Yeah, and there's a lot of audio 
a lot of audio featured, um, in those podcasts. Nine one one calls, confessions, yeah, court, um, you know, court testimony, tons of fam, you know, interviews of friends, family, some detectives. And I could only imagine the time that goes into these episodes because it's it's incredible. Well, we're not quite there yet, baby. No, but we'll no, be, we're not. But, but day, I, I'm day. in awe of Sword and Scale. Uh, it's really good. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, you should. It's really good. But um, it's very chilling, honestly, when you are you have your earbuds in, you got it cranked up. Say, you, you know, you're in a dark, you know, house or driving home in the dark or and you hear these in their own words, confessions or someone talking about killing their mother or, you know, uh, killing kids or manipulating people and just in, in the, the coldness in their voice yeah. is just um, it's eerie. And it just creeps me out. It's very, very unnerving. Well, one of the things that we want to talk about is the unprecedented number of people who just go missing under a variety of different circumstances. And they just kind of up and vanish into thin air, if you will. And it oftentimes leaves investigators, friends, family, just scratching their heads like, what what the fuck happened? Yes, uh, um, mostly women and children. Younger women times. and children. I mean, not always. You no, do not get always. Men who vanish as well, but I mean, it's just crazy. Like, what happens to these people? I mean, you think about different, um, I guess, situations. Maybe you're a little curious about, oh, is this like some sort of human trafficking ring or something? But right. that seems pretty um, orchestrated. And I have a hard time believing that as many stupid criminals as there are out there, that there could also be these very, uh, I guess, mastermind types that could orchestrate right. kidnapping all of these people unnoticed and like somehow smuggle them out of the country or something. I don't know. That does sound fantastic. But at the same time, every 40 seconds, a child goes missing. Right. And um, in, in this day and age, like you pointed out, um, which is a very good point of development, the, you know, the wilderness is shrinking and, um, uh, you know, somebody's you you hear a case someone's been missing for twenty five years, you know, and you think maybe if someone, you know, killed them or something and buried a body in the middle of nowhere, well, the middle of nowhere now may be a a, a small city or a town or suburbs been developed. And it just seems that someone goes missing every forty seconds. That's a lot of people. Right. And where the hell are all where are the bodies? Because I just can't imagine that people are that efficient. Sometimes they do it. They get rid of the body, never to be seen again. But I just can't imagine all these people are never to be found have been killed. Well, I honestly speaking think there's... of missing persons, um, this is a case that I had read about and uh, wanted to share with you because I thought it was pretty interesting and kind of pertains to us because it's over in Cades Cove, Tennessee, okay. which is in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which we're basically we live basically what like eight miles yeah we could be over there in about 40 minutes 30 minutes 35 minutes yeah we could be in Cades cove pretty quickly well this was back in 1969 and the six-year-old boy his name was dennis martin um was considered a missing person you know for decades and um he just sort of vanished in a short period of time so he and some other children were playing near spence field and uh, his family was camping there for the summer and so he's playing, playing with other kids, and just vanishes 
while on the Appalachian Trail, and they've never been able to find him. They don't know what happened to him. Really? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why, if you think about, like, especially a child could go missing in the wilderness. I mean, you might be disoriented. You're not familiar. It's strange surroundings. If you go off trail. Right. It's dangerous. Totally get lost. Especially if you're someone who's, like, not from the mountains. Not to say that I could go into the woods and find my way out, but I probably would have a better chance of navigating these mountains you know in the wilderness here than say someone from um you know texas or florida who's never been to the mountains and doesn't know anything about right we run around these woods as kids well we did i mean that's the other thing is we were kids we there were there were no trails you just went off and you played and you might come back in six hours and it's just what you did when it got dark there wasn't no street lights to come on you might wind up down yonder somewhere but you found your way home you better be in hollering range of your mama well, I don't know about that. I did kind of wander off sometimes. Oh, I had to. My friends lived way away. <laughs> but you know what? I knew when to get my little punk ass back in the house. Well, apparently this kid, Dennis, had suffered maybe a mild learning disability, but it wasn't anything really that I guess was like, you know, major. Well, there was a guy um, named Harold Key who had been hiking a few miles away on the afternoon that Dennis went missing, and he said that he wore, that he could overhear or heard um a sickening scream as he and his family were kind of hiking and they saw um a rough looking dark figured man who was trying to kind of conceal himself from view on the trail near them well that's crazy and so this guy's moving along and that it looked like he was carrying something and so, of course, details like that have fueled imaginations where people think that, um, you know, this this man could have carried off this young boy into right. the woods. And then you have people who, you know, believe in things like Bigfoot. Squat. That people just go missing in the woods because one of them damn Sam Squinches. <laughs> Sam Squatches. <laughs> uh, took them or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, these, you know, these wild beasts out there. But um, I don't know. I mean, when you think about people who just go missing in the wilderness, it's so much easier to believe that because there's, you know, like I said, being disoriented, unfamiliar, dehydration. There's a lot of wild animals. I mean, in Cade's Cove, the likelihood this kid got eaten by a bear could be very feasible. Right, because, I mean, you see, you could go there right now and see bears probably. I mean, maybe not this time of season, but, you know. You can see animals there, wild animals. But if you get lost or disoriented, like you said, and head in the wrong direction, you can end up really in the middle of nowhere where there's no one around for miles. But when you think about people who go missing from very public places. That's a different story. That's just, yeah. Like, where do they go? What happens to these people? What becomes of them? And then can you imagine being the family of someone who just disappears? And never know. And you never, ever, ever, like, know what happened to them? That's got to be the hard part, is not knowing. As hard as getting that. Never having closure. Yes, exactly. As bad as getting that call or those grim-faced patrolmen at your door would be. I think the only good of that can come is closure. 
and knowing and, and getting the remains of your loved one and putting them somewhere near you and being able to go see them. But this absolutely uh, never knowing. Of course, you could uh, grasp to like the hope that they're alive and okay and just never came back, which is, you know, maybe that might help some people. Yeah. But I, I just couldn't imagine. Could you imagine? No. One of your kids goes and vanishes, just up and vanishes. Well, speaking of up and vanished, of course, there's a podcast called Up and Vanished. And, um, I mean, it's pretty um, interesting. So it's like this mom... Um, her name was Crystal Risinger, I guess. She moves to Colorado. She seemingly is happy there, is enjoying living in this little place called Creststone, Colorado. And there was, like, conversation about how she had gone to a drum circle and then just was never seen again. But it's like, how does this very attractive young woman just go missing? And, like, no one just, you never see her again. I don't know. I, I believe in sex traffic, um, sex trafficking, and the slave trade of this modern day. Right. But so I, do you think I don't. That that's where some of these people. Like, I think they're victims of this. Yes, and, and honestly, I think maybe more on the child side. Honestly, just from sheer control, you know, issues of controlling someone you take and taking them, and then them growing up being treated a certain way, conditioned. And all, you know, or, and I think I may be wrong that these ultra rich, some ultra rich people in, 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 you know, are engaged in this. And, and, uh, that might be the reason that governments all around the world don't say, Hey, we might have differences on many issues, trade, religion, and things like that, but we're going to band together and we're going to make sure that the child sex slave trade ends now these pedophilia rings that are span continents are going to be eradicated completely and brought out into the light from the dark yeah. but that just doesn't happen that doesn't seem to be a priority of any government well i know that you were talking about um was it like the um franklin sex ring and oh uh, yes that was a episode it's mean, a pretty interesting conspiracy theory and i am not saying i completely believe it but i think there's probably things like that going on in the world i can't yes count it no you i i don't think and, and that right there um if you believe any of that story that was a a two-parter on sword and scale a really incredible podcast um yes in nebraska there um, it started with a fraud charges and, or actually it started with a little boy who went missing. And then nine years later, um, the police seemingly in the area were reluctant to, uh, help the mom recalled and through, uh, investigation of, uh, her own and private investigators that she spent a lot of money on. Um, they purported to have found one of these sex rings. Right. And that since they didn't trust any of the uh, law enforcement in the area because they'd been reluctant to help, including the FBI, which is weird. Um, now, this is all, you know, according to what they said. Um, the mother mortgaged her house and gave a large sum of money to this investigator. And he claims to have gained access to one of these auctions where they actually auction teens down to kids off to the highest bidder and he claimed that very wealthy foreign nationals were present there 
And the plan was if her son came across the auction block, he was going to try to buy him. Wow. That is crazy. That is crazy. If there's even 30% truth to that, that's insane. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I can't go into the whole thing. It was very well done in two parts over two hours. Um, but, um, if you're ever find sword and scale podcast, you should find those episodes because there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff there. It's insane. Well, do you want to take a guess where the kidnapping capital of America is? Hmm. No state or city. Both. Can you guess? Hmm. I'm going to say. Take a stab at it, Dylan. Ah, I'm going to say, am I going to pick a, a coastal city? Cause it'd be easy to smuggle them out of the ports. I'm going to say New York. Actually, Phoenix, Arizona. What? The kidnapping capital of America. More incidences than any other city in the, the world outside of Mexico City. The border's right there. There you go. Interesting, huh? The border's there. So you want to know some of the states that have the dubious distinction of having the most open missing persons cases? Yes. Alaska. Really? Well, I guess if you think about the terrain, the wilderness, that kind of thing, it yeah. would make sense. Plus, Alaska seems like the kind of place where you could kind of just go and disappear. I think a lot of people go to Alaska to be, be away from the, the Yes. And just sort of disappear. Right. I mean, so. it would make sense. Arizona, as I mentioned. Uh, Oregon. Really? Washington. Washington State. Nevada. Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. And some of those are pretty rural, desolate places. Yes. That's interesting how they're kind of clumped together. I mean, you know, that's weird. Yeah. What the hell is Washington yeah. State and Oregon? How they end well, up in that? I don't know. Washington, Oregon. I mean, I guess you have to think about port cities. What the fuck's going on Close in Arizona? To the Canadian border. I don't know. Maybe easy to smuggle people in and out. Water mm. access. I mean, I don't know. That's crazy. See, now you just added um, validity to my theories. Well, you know, that's one of the things that just freaks me out the most. I mean, you know, it's like there's a million things in the world that you could be afraid of. And, of course, serial killers and um, cannibals and, um, I don't know, tsunamis. But there is something or, um, that freaks me out um, about missing persons cases and about just going missing. Because, I mean, the fact that you could just totally disappear vanish without a trace never to be seen again i mean that really just kind of gets me yeah it's pretty messed up and then we never really know like what happened to these people that's crazy yeah now but you know um i guess you uh wonder why surely some of these people would escape their captors in these foreign countries or are they controlled to the point where they're used up if you will and then efficiently disposed of i mean or you know someone would come back on the other side of this story this is how i grew up this is what happened to me now you know some uh, four eyewitnesses in the um larry king nebraska financial scandal mm. that it in, turned into uh, actually um reported something basically like that but then a lot of weird stuff happened to them loved ones started dying and the such so, you know, who knows? Who knows what's true? But it's very scary.
to just never, ever know. Right. And one of the happened. cases that is super freaky is the case of Tara Calico. I don't know if you've ever heard of this girl. She borrowed her mom's bike. She went on a bike ride near a home in New Mexico. Um, I guess uh, her bike had a flat tire, so she had borrowed her mom's bike. And she was last seen on this highway about 1130 in the morning, uh, which was about two hours after she had left to go biking. And then she just never arrived home. And um, I guess they found her Walkman, her cassette tape on the side of the road, um, but nothing else. The bike, everything else has remained missing. And uh, I guess, um, you know, nobody actually saw anything happened, but there were some witnesses that said they thought they saw a pickup truck following her, but they didn't actually see, like, anything happen. But what's really crazy is this was in 1988, and in 1989, there was a Polaroid photo that was found in a parking lot in Florida at a convenience store, and it depicted this young woman and a boy, and both their hands bound, uh, tapes over their mouths, and it's never been confirmed, but many, many people believe that it's a photo of Tara Calico. Really? Yeah. Now, where would she disappear from? Uh, New Mexico. Really? And this was in Florida um, a little less than a year later. See, that's crazy. And it was never confirmed, but there have been other Polaroids that people have thought was Calico found over the years and uh, never actually confirmed, though, that that's who's in the picture. But I've seen, and I pulled this case up because I wanted to make sure I had all the details correct because it's very haunting. I've seen this photo, and I was like, oh, God. And then go back, and you look at pictures of Tara Calico, and, I mean, it's very eerie. It could definitely be her. And then who is this unidentified boy that's with her? Right. And um, Another victim, possibly? uh, I mean, maybe. And by now, I mean, she'd be in her late 40s. And so it's Polaroids. And we never really know what happened to her. So you wouldn't want the pictures like that to be developed? No. Right? So if you can't do it at home... Or through a trusted source, some other sick fuck like you, it would be a Polaroid. And that's creepy. Yeah. And um, you know what we'll do? Since we have this uh, you know, this extra exclusive sort of podcast we're doing for our Patreon uh donors. Thank you guys. You're awesome. And they are. Um, I'm gonna actually post some photos of this Polaroid and uh let you guys take a look. Okay, I wanna Check it out and see what you think. I need to see that, too. I don't know why. Yeah. But there's something just really super creepy about just going missing. Okay. And maybe a a podcast we might get into, maybe some exclusive stuff um, for our Patreon fans. Um, Just how many people go missing in the national parks. And especially because we're here near the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And the Appalachian Trail runs right through our area. And there are so many people who disappear. Now, could you... From those trails. We'll, we'll dig into it later, but could you weigh the merits of it's so desolate, their you know, bodies were never found, or is someone actually taking them? Well, I mean, it's an interesting... Or is it both? Something to think about. Oh, uh, yes, it is. Because a lot of people have been murdered along the Appalachian Trail. That's many, true. Many of those solved, but it almost makes you wonder if there is indeed... Maybe a serial killer out there. Many people victimized on that trail. I mean, I've done some backpacking on the trail, and I have to say, like, it's it gets creepy out there. And sometimes you do run into some weirdos. 
I mean, like some real weirdos. You're so. a long way from help. You deep are, in the trail. especially, you know, when I've gone backpacking, um, you know, and I've gone on an extended trip, uh, was with a, another female. Right. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I like to think of myself as being pretty tough and, um, you know, I've been in the military and I've played roller derby and I'm a pretty stout girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's strong. Yeah. I, you know, and I work out, I mean, and I, you know, a lot of times I think, oh, I could. I could do a pretty decent job of defending myself. Right, but what happens when he pulls a gun out and sticks it in your face? Exactly. Or she, but I mean, typically he. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a scary thought. But, but, you know, they did revise the gun laws, if I'm not mistaken, to allow you to carry in national parks now. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. But anyway, I believe that's um, true. The whole concept of being, you know, just up and vanished, disappearing, really freaks me out. But maybe that's something that we can uh, get into on some of these um, special podcast uh, maybe talking about some of the people who've been murdered along the Appalachian Trail maybe some of those unsolved cases yes it's true some of them remain unsolved um, and maybe just some of the disappearances I'll try to see if I can get a number on how many people have actually disappeared from the park and from the trail yes and we will share that exclusively with our very special patreon listeners yeah thank you guys thank you make it possible yes you do thank you very much